close. And out. Georgia Wareham picks up her first test wickets. And it is a very warm welcome back to a brand new season of the Cricket Library Weekly. Robbie McKinlay, welcome back. Oh, Matty, how are you, mate? I'm, pu- I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up and ready. <laughs> I can feel that in your voice. <laughs> oh, look, uh, so am I, to be honest, mate. And it's, Well, I, I can't remember how many months ago our last one was, but um, there has sort of been a lot happening. And a lot not happening, if you know what I mean. But we're still, unfortunately, in COVID. But maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. So there's, there's still some a lot of uncertainty about venues and fixturing around first-class cricket in Australia. But the good news is we ha- we're underway. Uh, fantastic having uh, India out here for the multi-format series, um, which just finished with a test match last night. Yeah, and, and Robbie, I'm feeling like India have a little bit of momentum here. Let, let's let's go back to the opening game of the series. Australia win. The world record winning streak looks like it's just going to keep marching on ad nauseum. But then game two, uh, a nail-biting finish and one that will be talked about for a very long time. Dare I say, possibly some conjecture uh, in some parties around the outcome there, and then India win the third game in the one-day international series, bringing us to the test match. And to be honest, Robbie, I feel like India had the front running uh, for that entire test match. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary, Matty. It, it was it, I just on the ODIs, I, I just thought it was um, in sprawling cricket. We did our good games, fantastic. You know, probably... Aussie, Aussies won very comfortably that first game. Um, that you know, it, it just took. Yeah, that was a real adjustment game for India. Uh, Australia winning with nine wickets to spare and nine overs, chasing two twenty-five. But after that, the last two games, Matty, they were literally a toss of the coin. Um, and so true. I think India showed that in the Test match that they did take momentum and a lot of confidence out of that victory in the third ODI when they it was their largest run tra- chase in history for India. Uh, ran down 264 with three balls to spare. It was, yeah, it was just great cricket. Goodness me, it was good to watch. Oh, enthralling stuff, uh, the one-day component of the series. And then and then moving to the test match, unfortunately, uh, rain intervening on days one and two at, at, at fairly crucial times in terms of the flow of the game. And mm. India, eight for 377. Let's, let's just talk about Smirti Mandana, uh, an acquisition for the Sydney Thunder in the Big Bash. I know there'd be some Sydney Thunder fans out there looking at this, thinking that's a, a pretty astute move from the powers that be there at the Thunder. Uh, a really solid innings up the top of the order and uh, a class act. Yeah. yeah, beautiful innings, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, 127. And a good clip for Test Match Cricket. Uh, you know, that strike rate close to 60. Hit 22 boundaries. And that does all go well for Sydney Thunder. And I think the other thing with that, mate, just quickly going looking at the WBBL, to have someone like Mandana come in, that is going to create a lot of interest across the subcontinent. It's such a fantastic move from Sydney Thunder. So well done on that. But uh, yeah, and then just you got great support right throughout that top and middle order. Uh, I think if you have a look through the, the first eight batsmen, all basically got double figures. Six went over 30, over 20. And that they got partnerships, Matty. 
a 90 run, 90 for the opening stand, and then 102 for the next stand. That sets you up. You're probably not going to lose from there. I guess Australia would reflect back on uh, Meg Lanning won the toss, invited them to have a bat. Um, I think I can see the reasons behind that. Australia had very much a pace attack uh, side going there with Perry, Darcy Brown, Stella Campbell, Carly McGrath, a couple of good spinners, Annabelle Stovlin there, Georgia Wareham. That is a very good side. So hats off to India. They have held the advantage over the day, over the, over the four days of the test match, against a very good Australian side. Yeah, and interesting, Robbie, four debutantes for Australia, Darcy Brown, Stella Campbell, Annabelle Suttle and Georgia Wareham all getting the chance to put on the baggy green for the first time. Really exciting for them with a uh, an Ashes campaign coming up later on, a, a good chance for them to get the feel of Test cricket and what it's like. The, the only the only question I had for you, Robbie, um, now this this might shock you. Um, Gee whiz. But being a, a fan of leg spin bowling, uh, only eight overs for Georgia Wareham in, in that first innings out of 145 overs bowled. Um, mm. I, I, I just felt like it would have been nice to see Georgia Wareham have a little bit more of an opportunity to, to bust open uh, the Indian middle order perhaps uh, at different stages. I think she came on around the 60 over mark. Uh, and yeah. bowled, bowled about five overs, and then she didn't bowl again uh, till till a, a fair bit later in in proceedings. So uh, uh, there's there's no doubt uh, plenty of good reasons for that. And Meg's Meg's doing a, a great job as captain of the Australian side. So certainly no concerns there. Just sometimes I, th- I think Maddie. Um, I, I think one of the the stop start nature with the rain delays. Yeah. What it did about every time you're probably starting to think about maybe introducing a bit of spin or a change, there was rain, and so then, then of course because then it was quite a substantial break, especially those first couple of days. Then the the quicker bowlers are freshened up. There's a little bit of humidity in there, and it's then deemed to be a fairly bowl, uh, quick bowler friendly type of um, atmosphere. Uh, yeah. So, and I think that's it, was, it, it. Probably a lot of it if, when you if you look over the the Mount Rose Bowl, you would think that. If you look, take a deeper dive. Um, I think that's where it, probably where it's at. So, but I'm, I'm sure uh, if George Wareham is playing later on in the match against England, the Test match, she'll get a lot of overs chewed up there for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and and some really promising signs. Uh, Stella Campbell really impressed me uh, yeah. as, as a fast bowler, tall, strong, uh, two wickets in that in that first innings. Great to see her get off the mark in terms of. Test cricket wickets, uh, and good to see uh, uh, Annabelle Sutherland as well in this team. She's she's a class all rounder. Good player, mate. And yep. yeah, really, really big things expected. The, the the other the other talking point here is something like a thousand balls for Elise Perry for only one dismissal in her recent time oh. playing Test cricket. Is that cor- I, I wasn't aware of that stat, Matt, and. Shock me! You're in, in early with a great stat. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a contender for stat of the year. Yeah, Liz Perry absolutely loves Test cricket, doesn't she? She's so made for it. And I, I actually thought a little, a little bit off the pace, a, a little bit offline early in her bowling, but I thought she came back well. And there's really good signs there. Swinging the ball, but um, yeah, I, I really well done to Australian selectors too with those four debutants. I just just shows the healthy state of the game we've got. And it's very refreshing. And I think, and two, a big congratulations to Rachel Holmes, of course, missed the match with a hamstring injury. 
But um, great news is that um, her and her partner, Leah Poulton, have a beautiful little boy now, Hugo. So, um, yeah, certainly the, the news of missing a test match for Rachel was certainly um, uh, turned around very quickly by the, the arrival of uh, young Hugo. So well done to both Rachel and Leah. No, nothing beats being a parent, Robbie, I think. Yeah, of... 100%. Matty, yeah. yeah. And congratulations there. And, Robbie, uh, the the cricket continues. We've got three T20 internationals, all with a fair bit of bearing, considering how the yeah. how the series is, is set up at the moment. So 7th of October, 9th of October, 10th of October at Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast. We're looking at uh, 6.40 p.m. local time for the first game and then 6.10 p.m. local time for the final two games in the series. And fingers crossed, we have a nail-biting finish to the series. And uh, for all of our listeners in India, um, you'd be watching with very keen interest as the series wraps up on the 10th of October. Now, Robbie... Uh, uh, Matt, they would, they would need... India needs to win all three T20s if they are to defeat Australia in the multi-format series. So, and I believe Australia needs to win two of them um, because because no one... This is this is the inaugural event. No one actually holds it. Uh, so, okay. if it's a drawn series, it, that's where it sits. That, uh, yeah, so I believe that's the scenario that would, would play out. If Australia wins two of them, they will have enough... They'll, they'll book enough points in. Whereas India need to win all three because Australia currently leads six four going yeah. into the three T uh, twenty. Absolutely, Robbie. So uh, very important that India get on the front foot in the opening game on the seventh. And Taylor Vlamenek may be making her way back into consideration. It looks like it looks like reports are that she will be looking to send down a few Thunderbolts uh, in the yeah. T20 series. So some really promising signs there for Australia in the pace bowling ranks. Well, Robbie, we might take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have a look at domestic cricket for the men, which has had a little bit of a stop start so far oh, to, to the season. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll talk Marsh Cup and Marsh Sheffield Shield in just a moment. You're listening to the Cricket Library Weekly. Hey guys, Rachel Priest here. You're listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie and Matt. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly. Matt Ellis here and joining me, of course, Robbie McKinlay. Now, Robbie, annual leave is something that I like to use quite wisely. And guess what? I took some mm-hmm. annual leave for the start of the Marsh Cup season. <laughs> Shock me! <laughs> so uh, we had the uh, we had the high definition multimedia interface cable connected to the computer <laughs> up to a monitor outside on the veranda here at Burrabadeen, and it, it was outstanding. We we watched we watched the morning session just sort of seated around one of the kids in the hammock, another one on a mattress, another one on a oh. chair. Then as the day rolled on, um, we had the TV set up so we could play front yard cricket and just take in the action of the Marsh Cup. It was, yeah, it was, it was annual leave well spent uh, and a, a cracking game of cricket as well, Robbie. Uh, a few centuries in this one, WA batting first, six for 352. Josh Philippi 
137 off 116 at the top. 10 fours, 7 sixes. Mitch Marsh, 111 uh, with 14 fours and 3 sixes. Uh, really did lay the foundation. Six for 352 off their 50 overs. And then South Australia, 128 not out from Alex Carey in their total of 237 all out. The shining light there. And WA straight to the top of the table. Berendorf, four for 39, the best of the bowlers for WA. So some really promising signs for WA. They're, they're, their full-strength side, Robbie, is pretty much mm. going to be very hard to beat. It's, it's A-listers all the way through. Well, you had Ashton Agar batting seven, Cam Green batting at eight. So um, perhaps South Australia may rue the decision to send Western Australia into bat. Um, who knows? But, uh, yeah, good, some good signs there. Yeah, you know you've got a good side when Sean Marsh only makes one and you finish with six to 352. So, yeah, and as as you said, straight to the top of the table. Unfortunately, at this stage, the only game played in the Marsh Cup. Yeah, a couple more scheduled, but probably a bit over a week away. On the 13th of October, we've got SA scheduled to take on the Bulls from Queensland. And then the 15th, we've got WA scheduled to take on Tasmania. The Sheffield Shields, uh, Robbie as well, happening uh, a, a drawn game. Uh, first up for South Australia and Western Australia in this one. Uh, what were your takeaways from this game, Robbie? WA batting first once again, and you mentioned Sean Marsh only making one in the Marsh Cup. He certainly made up for it in the first yeah. innings of the Shield. Yeah, and no surprise there, 118. And also Cam Green, he, he came up the order, batted at number four. And he's just one of these guys, he settles in, he, he probably only scores, you know, a strike rate around about maybe you know, 20 or 30 in those first 20 or 30 balls he faces. But then after that, he settles in. He's a genuine run-a-ball player, Matty. He's got the ability to clear the boundary in that innings for 106, 11 boundaries and four sixes. So really good batting there. Uh, Hilton Cartwright just always seems to bob up. He got 69 as well. And Josh Phillippe. Uh, 77 off 107 balls. There's a bloke who can clear the fence. So there's really good signs there from WA. Um, but then, Matty, the South Australians' response was absolutely fantastic after they lost the early wicket of Jake Weverall. But after that, it was pretty good stuff. And, and a new player, Matty, I'm not sure you know much about him, but Jake Carter came in and made 118. Oh, fantastic to see Jake Carter coming in and doing well. And for those that are interested, uh, research suggesting his middle name is Michael. So it's J.M. Carter. That's a, probably the most important thing I look for is to, yeah, to make sure yep. I've got those initials un, un, under wraps. Uh, it's sort of come through the Cricket Australia 11 pathway. Um, I think he had a start up against the West Indies there. Okay. Oh, maybe five or six years ago, um, bowls bowls right arm off spin. He's still only he's only twenty five years of age, so plenty of cricket in young Jake Carter, left handed uh, batsman, and yeah, plenty plenty to look forward to uh, this summer. Yeah, watching him and, play Matt, for South Australia. And I mentioned Hilton Cartwright bobbed up in the first innings. Well, he bobbed up again in the second innings with an undefeated century, 121 knocked out. 
Um, Sean Marsh followed up with 36, but uh, and Cam Green out only for two. But that game was sort of fizzling out. But uh, yeah, so you know, plenty of players putting their hands up already out of WA in South Australia. Plenty of runs being scored there. Let's just hope we can find a way of um, seeing more Sheffield Shield cricket start. So particularly New South Wales and uh, Victoria, obviously in a very tricky situation at the moment, trying to negotiate and navigate um, their way into actually playing games of cricket, Matt. Yeah, yeah, very, very tough for those doing all the behind-the-scenes work there to try and schedule in fixtures for, particularly for New South Wales and Victoria at this time. I should mention as well, Robbie, Travis Head, 163. Very good to see him scoring runs, uh, obviously in the conversation when the Ashes roll around. Yeah. Uh, And the other one is Nathan McAndrew on debut for South Australia. Picked up three wickets with the ball in the first innings and then 60-odd not out with the bat, uh, a really promising start to his first-class career down in South Australia. Uh, Yes, he is a Sydney Thunder player, so, of course, uh, he is going to get a lot of love from us here on the Cricket Library (laughs) Weekly, but it's probably worth mentioning that. Now, um, uh, some Shield games coming up, Robbie. Uh, This week, I do believe we've got some action scheduled to happen and just bringing up the schedule now we've got the bulls and tasmania for set down for the 7th of october that one down at the karen rolton oval Mm. so that was the game that was scheduled to start in queensland last week and that's right then things changed pretty quickly didn't they yeah there was a bit of a um scare went through the whole sporting landscape in Brisbane, South East Queensland in particular, you know, with obviously NRL grand final successfully being played, but with a reduced uh, capacity. And then I think you can see where Tasmania were looking at. They were worried about getting stuck up there and, and you know, then it would go, they could end up in a situation that uh, Victoria and New South Wales find them in. So, yeah, quick thinking, had to make a decision. And now, you know, you don't often see South Australia, I'm sorry, Tasmania play Queensland in South Australia, but you, we're going to see that. And like we've seen with a lot of the um, national sports throughout the winter, Matty, you're going to see a lot of um, you know, flexibility and a bit of, bit of change. It's, it's just the nature of the beast at the moment. Absolutely, mate. And probably the biggest disappointment for me last week is I was gearing up for one particular player. I was very, very interested in a particular player in the Queensland team. I don't oh, know. Have you got any idea who I might be referring to? Been... I reckon it could be Streetwatch. Yeah, Street. <laughs> it is. It is, Robbie. And uh, a, a massive thanks to our statistician, Matt, down at the Orange Library. Uh, I, I sort of filtered through an interest uh, to, to get a bit of data around Bryce Street. And thankfully for us, in the... Sydney, uh, not the Sydney, in the Brisbane grade cricket competition on the 18th of September, Bryce Street had a day out against South Brisbane. He scored 143. How many balls? I'm just having a look here. Uh, the, The strike rate was, oh no, sorry, he scored 140 off 143 balls, 11 fours, five sixes. Uh, just a very impressive innings. Uh, I've got the breakdown here. 
51.7% of his innings was dot balls, 28.7% singles, 7.7% twos, 0.7% threes, 7.7% fours, and 3.5% sixes. So 3.5% of his runs coming in sixes, Robbie. He hits more sixes than he does threes. There you go. yeah, I wasn't surprised that the um, that over fifty percent of the balls were dot balls because <laughs> he, he likes to build his innings. I'm sure he built that innings nicely. I, I, I'm not sure if you've got it, but I'd love to see his strike rate say from the first part, half of his innings compared to the second half. Well, thanks again to our librarian down in Orange, Matt. Uh, he's oh, he's no. broken this down for us. Balls <laughs> zero to thirty, and I'll be very interested oh, to no. see if we can get a cor- correlation. I'm I'm expecting Bryce Street to have a, have a a bumper summer this year for the Bulls. I do too. And I'd love to see how his grade numbers stack up against his shield numbers. So Bulls, yep. and bearing in mind this was a limited overs game that he was playing, so pushing his case. For, for Marsh Cup selection, you'd have to say. But Sheffield Shield, um, ball 0 to 30 in this one-day fixture, he scored seven runs at a strike rate of 23.3. Mm-hmm. Balls 31 to 60, 24 runs at a strike rate of 80. Yep. Balls 61 to 90, 26 runs at 86.7. So he's going through the gears really nicely yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then, then balls ninety-one to one hundred and twenty. He's striking. He scored thirty-seven runs at a strike rate of one twenty-three point three. Then balls one twenty-one to one forty-three. Forty-six runs at a strike rate of two hundred. There you go. Yeah, you're right. I've watched the word you used. He's working through the gears really well. And, and, and can, can, we, sorry, we, can I just go a little bit deeper? Yeah. I'm sorry. So, oh, so keep going. You could you could talk about him all day. So, <laughs> so first. First 30 runs, striking at 56.6. Yep. 31 to 60 runs, striking at 83.3. 61 to 90 runs, he's striking at 111.1. Yep. Going from 91 to 120, striking at 142.9. And then from 121 to 140, striking at 333.3. So that is, if, if that is not the... I'm going to come out on the record here and say if that is not the perfect batting crescendo tempo yeah. for an opening batsman, then I haven't seen it. That is that is absolutely outstanding data that we have to enhance my claims that Bra- uh, Bryce Street is yeah. my man. He's my man this summer, Robbie. He's the man oh. that I'm I'm looking at to provide me the most entertainment this summer. Well, you know what I like. I'm, he perhaps is the Mozart of Australian first-class cricket. <laughs> uh, uh, he, but you know what I love about Bryce Street? There's a bit I love about him that I don't. I'm disappointed. He's a New South Welshman. I he know. Was in, he was born in Gosford. He's a left-hander. I love my left-handers. And he, he's in Queensland. What happened there? So my my question oh. is how how did we oh. how did we miss him in New South Wales? And well, they, well it's he a, didn't miss New South Wales in the Shield final, did he? <laughs> and, and he bowls as well, Robbie. I, I saw he picked up six wickets as well uh, in, in, okay. in Brisbane grade cricket. So uh, we'll, we'll stop the street talk now. Um, I've probably taken up more than my allotment of time. Uh, well, but expect to hear more no, about him this summer. Stat. 
great stats. And don't forget, he's the man in second 11 cricket, scored, once scored 345 against Victoria. He has a genuine um, thirst for runs, and I really like that. He's at, what is he's only 23, Matty. Um, he he is a great prospect for Test cricket going forward. So yep, good. And Matt, I'll give you credit. You're onto this man early. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were onto him early here. The Cricket Library Weekly, big fans of Bryce Street. Well, one certainly one half of the Cricket Library Weekly panel, very big fa- fans of Bryce <laughs> Street, and big fan, big fans of data. And that data, absolutely exemplary, yeah. as we'd expect out of our library in Orange. Well, Robbie, we'll have another quick break and we'll wrap things up in just a moment. Beautiful. Smirty Mandana. A hundred in the first test. Good signs for thunder. Oh, Matt Fiction is back. Haven't you missed that, Robbie? (laughs) Lovely to hear that. Voice again. He he's always on. He's he's current affairs. He is a go, isn't it? Doesn't miss much. Well, he he gives you everything you need to know in seventeen syllables. <laughs> it's just he, yeah, he is very efficient with his updates, Matt Fiction, and that one that one an absolute beauty. Some good news there. Uh, as, Richie Benno would love him. Oh, Richie would, wouldn't, wouldn't he? he? Yeah. Richie likes people who are efficient with words. Hey, I'll tell you about the efficiency. That, that was fantastic, that update. Matt from the Orange Library gave us, our statistician down there, which is good. Also, I'd like to, a big cheerio too. Well done last night. I'm a South Sydney supporter. But uh, Matt from the Orange uh, Library, his mighty Penrith Panthers got up and had a win. And I know he was a little bit torn during that, that part oh, of the evening. He would have been so torn last night with the Test match on, mm. an avid Panthers supporter, but a, he's a massive fan of Test cricket. He would have been – do you reckon he – he's a pretty tech-savvy guy. Oh, I yeah. reckon he would have had perhaps the iPad going and the NRL grand final at the same time so that he didn't miss a beat there. I'm sure he watched every oh, ball of definitely. the Test match. Split screen. Yeah, split yeah, screen. So. I, I reckon I reckon that's probably how he would have gone about his business down there in Orange last night. And notebook handy, scribbling down some stats for us as well. <laughs> um, Robbie, now, normally this is the section where we open up the mailbag, Matt's mailbag. It is back. We are back this year with Matt's mailbag. We're opening it up again. 101R Bungle Gumby Road, Barabadeen. And we'll occasionally do an online version of the mailbag. Dylan yep. actually sent us a little, uh, a little inquiry around Liam Davis and percentage of first-class runs scored in one innings. And we, we've got a little bit of a thread going on the Cricket Library oh. uh, Twitter feed. So uh, those, those inquiries are most, most welcome on, on a sporadic nature, but on a regular basis, uh, we are keen for your postcards. I've got the postcard wall here at the Burrabadeen Cricket Library where I've actually got the, the postcards displayed from the various uh, contributors from last summer. And oh, I've, got, nice. I've got space for more, Robbie, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah, um, not, a, not a great deal of space, but if, if we sort of got, you know, six to ten a week, I reckon I could eventually fill the space. So get those questions coming in. No question is too controversial for us, is it, Robbie? 
no, we are, we'll, we'll do our best to answer it in the most diplomatic fashion. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, uh, there, there certainly is a danger of some fence-sitting on, on particular topics, but that's okay. We'd love to tackle on the big issues here on the yeah. Cricket Library Weekly as we do each and every week. But guess what, Robbie? That's it. That's it. We're out of time. Uh, it's been a pleasure catching up as always and really excited to have you back for another season of the Cricket Library Weekly. Have a great week, mate, and we'll catch up again next week and do it all again on the Cricket Library Weekly.